asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, so whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well, what better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. And today we're discussing your office beckons, Instagrammable fruit, and guaranteed gargantuan returns. Hey man, we're going to talk about some of those big old fat returns that you are guaranteed to get. We've got that story plus a bunch of others that we're going to get to today on the Friday flight where we look at some of the different headlines from this past week. We're going to talk about how they're going to impact your finances. Uh, Joel, date night was last night and uh, you went to a show, right? That's right. So uh, Emily, how was it, my wife and I, it was good. It was good. We saw one of my favorite artists who's been around for more than 20 years, Pedro the Lion. Most people probably don't know. AKA... David Bazan. That's right. He's the main guy behind it. And so, was it, oh, so was it a Pedro show or was it a David? Bazan it was a Pedro show. show. Oh, so, so the, he was. He had this, they got the band back together. Got the band going on. <laughs> and I'll I'll put a link to um, one of the songs he sang last night. I wanted to mention it real quick because it's uh, it was called Circle K, and this whole album is about kind of his childhood. And one of the things he sings about in in this song is when he was a kid saving up his allowance for doing chores to try to buy th- this skateboard that he wanted. Yeah, financially responsible dude. That's right. Except for who knew it? It turns out he wasn't, and he spent it all at Circle K gas station <laughs> on soda pop and candy, and so <laughs> on roller food. <laughs> yeah. So I just thought it was kind of fun. He said he said like um, he dreamed that he was only spending pocket change, but it turned out he couldn't buy a skateboard now. And it's just one of those things. Mm. I think we've all had an experience like that in our lives where we're like. 
wait, where did my money go? <laughs> it's like yeah, dribs and drabs. It's out of our lives. And then those bigger things that we were saving for that we really wanted to purchase, we can't afford them now. Yeah, man. And it so it all adds up. Happens to kids in the case of David Bazan, <laughs> and it happens to grownups too. Well, hopefully that was a lesson he was able to learn earlier on in life, right? But I think it's super cool that you, we're able to learn these different lessons and talk about them in different ways. In his case, he's able to translate that into music, into yeah. art. Uh, I'm sure he didn't think he was going to be talked about on a personal finance <laughs> podcast today. Uh, but in he, our case, we, we talk about it in a, we're a little nerdier here, <laughs> so we, we talk about it in a very straightforward way I think on that a podcast. was literally like the seventh time I've seen him. He's he's the artist I've seen more than anybody else live. That's and a lot of shows. So I, I <laughs> just, he's one of my, one of my all-time favorite bands. I encourage people to Super cool. check it out, but we'll link to that song in particular, the, a video of it in our show notes. That's right. Um, but Matt, before we move on to the Friday flight, we have one more announcement we just have to make, and that is that the How to Money newsletter is launching. It is up and running. On Tuesday. So we, we this past Tuesday, we sent out just kind of like, a, hey, anybody who's currently subscribed to How to Money uh, on, through our website, we sent out just like a notice, hey, it's coming soon. And Tuesday is going to be our first newsletter drop. The first official newsletter is going to come out this coming Tuesday. That's right. Yeah. And, and so if you want money advice for free in your inbox in addition to what you hear here on the podcast we encourage you to sign up it is going to be a bounty of helpful information it's going to be fun too at the same time and we promise we will not spam your inbox it will only be good content coming from us we know there's a lot of crap trying to infiltrate your inbox um, every week and we'll be providing uh, standout top-notch content that is is our goal yeah and hopefully you already received that sort of that initial email where we were trying to prime the pump a little bit and let you know but if you are not signed up if you're not subscribed to the how to money newsletter head over to howtomoney.com forward slash newsletter you can sign up there and just to incentivize you to go ahead and do that we're going to give away five different packets of books from different authors who we've had on the show we're going to give away uh, several copies of Nick Majuli's book. We had him on the show recently. Right. Just keep buying. Yes. We got finance for the people from Paco De Leon. Yeah, we've, we got some we've got of those house hacking good books. So make we, sure to sign up though before that uh, that first Tuesday newsletter goes out. So right. as long as you are signed up before then, you'll be entered into uh, the giveaway, and we will be reaching out to you. So we'll say Monday at midnight. If you're signed up by then, you're entered to win a package of books, and we will notify you by email since you've signed up for the newsletter. But totally, yeah, thank you in advance for signing up. Looking forward to that newsletter for man. supporting everything we do finally yeah it's gonna it's <laughs> we've gonna be talked fun. about it for a while and we're actually getting it off the ground that's so. right all right it's time so all right let's move on matt let's get to the friday flight the sampling of stories we found interesting this week how they pertain to people's personal finances and you know the the title uh, in the title of this episode we called it your office beckons and um it, there were some articles floating around this week about going back to the office i even saw some tweets from some new york times writers who uh it sounds like the times wants to pull them back into the office and they're resisting. <laughs> but it, it brings up the question, should we all be going back into the office, at least people who are working from home and used to work in the office? And there was a great opinion piece in Bloomberg from one of my pa- favorite uh, personal finance writers. Her name's Allison Schreger. And it was about returning to the office and, and how it's actually better for everyone. And she makes the case that uh, working from home can work great for some folks, especially ones who are further along in their career. But for those who are just starting out in their careers, they get a lot more out of being in the building, partaking in the company culture. It's just so helpful to be in there with your coworkers and and your bosses. And 
Of course, there's a lot to be said about the convenience of working from home. Some folks really can get more done while not having to commute. And I, I get that. Like, commuting is uh, the worst, right? It's it's no fun to be stuck in your car. Mm-hmm. But I, I get where Allison is coming from. And I see more calls back to the office coming in the near future for a lot of folks. So this is kind of a conundrum people are going to have to wrestle with. Like, do I want to try to find a new job where they're going to let me work from home 365 days a year? Or am I willing to go back in... Uh, five days a week or or can I find some sort of hybrid solution? Yeah, that might be tougher though if all of the employers are calling their workers back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you might have less uh, pull if, exactly. if everybody's saying, no, 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 we're not doing that anymore. Yeah, but right now, uh, office occupancy, it's it's still only at 40% across the, the U.S. And so working from home is still a reality for a lot of folks. But I do see more hybrid work in the future uh, as opposed to like full-time working from home. So maybe like two or three days in the office instead of going back uh, a full five days a week. And the reason for that is because productivity, it has actually been slightly higher on average uh, with more folks being able to work from home. But there's likely going to be these these long-term diminishing returns if working from home remains the norm. An economist in that article mentioned that it's, it's sort of like going to the gym, right? Like it is great in moderation, but if you do it in excess, it might become a little problematic. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> they're I'm starting be, to get too jacked over here. There are going to be other issues that you deal with. And like, I mean, it's funny because we also see that literally with working out with friends who we have who get into it too much. And it's like, okay, the reason that you're doing this is in order to be healthy so that your body feels good. But now you tore your Achilles and you're having to have that repaired. Yeah. It's like the opposite. You're going, going too hard. <laughs> the opposite of health. But I don't think it's a coincidence, though, that we have seen the great resignation impacting a workforce that is primarily working from home, right? Like not only is it difficult to instill culture, but it is tough to train. It is tough to, to keep employees happy when you are not there in person. I think these are these are very related. And so it'll be interesting to see what happens. But I'm getting the feeling that even folks who love working from home, they may not be opposed to spending just at least a few more days each month in the office, uh, even if they do have to commute, even if they are what feels like wasting some time in the car. Don't forget, you can always listen to How to Money uh, on the drive. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. The podcasts actually need this commute time. So please help us out and go back. Going in the I mean, literally, I remember that back when the pandemic hit and folks, nobody was commuting to work anymore. I mean, podcasts across all genres Took a saw hit. A, a hit. It is fascinating to see how our routines shape the media that we consume. That's right. Yeah. And and I think dishwashers, if we got rid of dishwashers, that would help podcasts too, because that's the perfect time to listen to a podcast washing mm-hmm. dishes by hand. But speaking of working from home, Matt, we, we actually talked about your home appraisal issue on Wednesday. And, and uh, so home appraisers... Uh, it turns out that they're doing their jobs from home now, too. Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are, are accepting what are known as desktop appraisals for all eligible transactions now nationwide. And at first blush, this seems maybe like a great solution. Why why does this home uh, home appraiser need to show up, walk through the house? Can't, can't they get enough data from the comfort of their own home office? Well, uh, that's a good question. We, we've talked about House Canary on the show before, and they've been working on appraisal software that's getting pretty accurate. And the great thing about software is that you're able to remove any subjectivity from the equation. Yeah, I think uh, that's the best part of it. Human bias, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and human inaccuracy. And so the, the algorithms and the software, they're looking at cold, hard facts. So it does seem like maybe we're moving in the right direction and that this is probably something that technology is going to be able to solve and also bring down the price of because the average cost of an appraisal is 
is pretty insane these days. And so I do think maybe these tech solutions will bring the cost down. Uh, we'll cut it by a huge margin. Totally. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that's one of the reasons that technology might come out ahead in this way. Like it makes me, th- I was talking to a realtor friend recently and he was talking about how uh, architects, well, when it comes to making drawings of houses, for, oh, basically the as is drawings, right? So before you add on to a home, before you make any changes, a lot of times you have to get those as is drawings. And he was talking about how architects now use like this, like LIDAR scanning device. And so they just put it in the room, they hit scan and it scans it and automatically imports it into like a CAD drawing. Oh, that's cool. Which is like, this is a perfect instance or example where uh, that's going to be much more affordable than somebody <laughs> yeah. going by hand, measuring, drawing it on the, you know, on their grid paper or their, their graph paper, whatever it is that architect's drawing. Uh, but I agree as far as uh, how it could significantly impact the cost. But I'm not sure, though, how uh, desktop appraisals are going to be the best answer, though, because I feel like there are just so many different factors that go into determining the value of a home. So, for instance, like, is there a giant dead tree that's in your neighbor's yard, but it's, it's like hanging over the house. Does the inside of the house, does it smell terrible, right? Like, does it smell like dead rats <laughs> because there's a rodent problem? Do cars speed down the street because maybe that uh, that street or that portion of the, the road is a cut through? These may not be factors that an appraiser should be considering, but it would definitely have an impact on what the house would sell for. And the idea is to get an idea of what it's actually worth. So I agree, though. I mean, hopefully the technology continues to get better. But if not, if it doesn't get better, then we're just trading like these human appraiser problems and human appraiser errors for software problems. But I do see the upside of moving in the direction of tech in order to save home buyers money. Yeah. And I think I've been on the both sides of where appraisals have either gone much they've been much more than i thought the home was actually worth or or, overperformed yeah yeah yeah, i feel like and and human appraisers can make significant errors when it comes to actually valuing a home and i'm not saying that the software is necessarily better than that but maybe similarly bad (laughs) and so uh (laughs) off by a similar amount and uh just the the decreased cost of getting home appraisals would be uh, helpful to so many buyers because it's got to be a really really expensive thing and yeah typically a human appraiser picks out three uh properties that are in your area but that can even be especially in neighborhoods like where we live just incredibly street specific and uh, and so the three properties they're picking to to value your home four miles away yeah they they might not actually (laughs) be great comps especially given how uh low our inventory is right now because they're trying to find comps and it's just like man these aren't comps they just happen to be uh houses that are are listed that have recently sold exactly yeah and there, there aren't many of those well speaking of homes matt let's talk about homeowners associations for just a second and and investors and kind of uh uh, there's an interesting story at the intersection of these two things. One one major cause for concern when it comes to the housing market is the number of investors who are snapping up homes right now. They're buying one in five homes that are being sold right now. And that's just, that's a concern. And it's not just local mom and pop investors, actually. We're, we're talking hedge funds and large investor groups that are kind of uh, tipping the scales. But one way to potentially slow down some of these bigger investment groups from buying single family homes are homeowners associations. HOAs. Yeah. And so the the Wall Street Journal actually reported this week that neighborhood groups around the country are amending covenants that are going to make it harder for homeowners to sell their home to investors. And so that includes neighborhood rental caps or requiring new buyers to actually live in the house for a period of time. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, you and I, we don't live in a neighborhood with, with a homeowners association. 
but I kind of I kind of like seeing this because corporate investors in particular haven't been great for some of these neighborhoods. Um, and I've seen just too much documented evidence of these folks not keeping up with properties, treating renters poorly. Mm-hmm. And so if I lived somewhere uh, with a homeowners association, this is something I would consider if I was on the board, I would be like, what do we need to do to our covenants to make sure that some of these bigger landlords who might not uh, maintain the property very well, which would then impact the entire neighborhood, uh, how do we how do we keep them out? Most deaf, and you don't even need to be on the board. You know, just make sure you show up to those meetings and <laughs> let your voice be heard. Yeah, you have the power to do this, uh, Joel. I feel like we've been preaching the I bond gospel <laughs> repeatedly on the show over the That's last true. six months, and we've been doing this for good reason as well. Because currently, I bonds are paying 150 times what the average savings account is paying. Also, now we're talking about those guaranteed gargantuan returns. This, huh? this is that story okay. exactly. Those big, fat, juicy returns. The I-bond interest rate is directly tied to the rate of inflation. Now, that's why they're called I-bonds. And so the new rate paid on I-bonds starting May 1st is going to be 9.6%. Holy crap. Uh, we're nearing 10% on uh, <laughs> on up to $10,000 or an extra five if you contribute from your tax return uh, for a total of $15,000. Uh, but that is up from the already great rate of 7.1%. And so you've heard us talk about this before, but if you haven't jumped in on this and you want to, now is the time. Specifically now, like you've got the next uh, six Less days week, or yeah. whatever. <laughs> because if you buy I-bonds before April 28th, then you'll be able to take advantage of both of these exceedingly high rates, giving you a, an overall rate of, of more than eight and a half percent. And so, yeah, the rate is moving to 9.6%. And like the way it works is that's the interest rate paid out annually, but it only pays it for six months before it basically resets or it doesn't reset, but they reassess what they're going to pay. And so essentially you're going to be able to, to lock in that average of eight and a half percent. And there is no other place that you're going to be able to get a guaranteed rate of return like that. Yeah, that's true. And for a lot of people who have money that they don't mind locking away for uh, 12 months or longer, I-bonds are just a phenomenal place to, to sock away some of some of your excess cash right now. And why now? Because, well, if the rate's just going up, right? Isn't it going to continue to go up? Well, so much of that depends on what happens with inflation. And a lot, right, a yeah. lot of folks are saying that we're actually at peak inflation now. I, Who knows? I, it's hard if that's to know. actually the case. It's yeah, hard we, to know. We, we don't know the future. But even if you, even if uh, inflation does continue to go up or maybe remain steady, that means you, you're going to just keep getting paid great rates of interest yeah. moving forward if you keep your money in I bonds. And so, yeah, it's one of those things where you you got to lock it away for at least 12 months, but you can lock it away for longer than that. Exactly. And this is just um, the uh, the best guaranteed return out there, bar none. So I bonds are the way to go. We'll, we'll actually have more information and and tell you how to sign up in the How to Money newsletter this week. That's right. Another little incentive. We're going to dangle that carrot (laughs) for you to sign up. Uh, We've got several other stories that we're going to get to. Uh, We didn't mention this one at the top of the episode, but we're going to talk about the rise and fall of Netflix. We'll get to that, plus several other stories right after the break. Kachava is the all-in-one superfood shake made up of high-quality plant-based nutrients. It's got greens, superfruits, plant proteins, antioxidants, adaptogens, probiotics, and in other words, everything your body craves to feel your best. This is where Kachava really earns their 52,000 plus five-star reviews. 
It tastes amazing. It's creamy and smooth with just water, and it comes in five delicious flavors. You can choose from chocolate, vanilla, chai, matcha, and coconut acai. Cachava is offering How to Money listeners 10% off for a limited time. I've been using cachava in breakfast smoothies in the morning recently. It's just so nice to pack in a bunch of nutrients early in the a.m. in a way that's satisfying and energizing. So if you want to optimize your breakfast, your workout shake, be sure to check out Cachava. Just go to cachava.com slash how to money. That's spelled K A C H A V A and get 10% off your first order. That's K A C H A V A.com slash how to money. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the money app Monarch, they make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney. For your extended 30-day free trial, go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. All right, we're back. This is the Friday Flight, and Matt, you, you teased to Netflix. We're going to get to that in a second, mm-hmm. but you, you said the fall, more like 
the precipitous fall. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a, yeah, it was a rough week for everyone over there at the streaming giant Netflix, and we'll talk about that in a second. But first, let's get to the ludicrous headline of the week. This one comes from the Wall Street Journal, and here's the title: What is an Oishi strawberry? Oh, and very, very good. Did I, I pronounce it right? I think so. I don't okay. know. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have known how to say it. Sorry, I interrupted. No, you're good. And would you pay six dollars? for one and so six dollars uh, for, for a single a single strawberry <laughs> not a carton well and this piece is all about fancy fruits that cost an arm and a leg i was not privy to this information before matt i did not know people paid this much for fancy high-end um citruses or uh, it, what, what's being called luxury fruits mm-hmm. it's definitely a phrase i never thought i would find myself <laughs> saying luxury fruits this is a, a luxurious fruit but here we are, I guess. Only for the fanciest people. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I've seen it all now. And yeah, the word has been getting out about upscale fruit on social media. And if you think about it, I guess it, it, it kind of makes sense. Because uh, yeah. Yeah. again, over the past year, folks have had more money on hand than ever before. So they're spending extra bucks on grapes that taste like cotton candy <laughs> and stuff like that. Have you seen these at Aldi? No, they but, have the they have them at Aldi. Yes, too, huh? yeah. I was talking to Kate about it. But those uh, probably can't be nearly as expensive as, as some. No, of they, they, it's not like six dollars a grape or, or something like that. But it is like three, four times more expensive. And you can even buy these. Like, how luxury is it if you can buy it at Aldi? That's right? true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I do think that the reason this has been more popular is because it's just accessible. Yeah. Um, I think in a lot of ways, folks haven't been able to to spend their money on the things that they normally would. And if you can spend like an extra few bucks and try something completely novel, something completely different, why not? I feel like it's a very low bar to entry. Yeah. I feel like it, those private jet selfies no longer as cool. You got to have the Instagrammable fancy fruits in order to get you the likes and the retweets and all that jazz. <laughs> but I still remember actually, Matt, the best strawberries I've ever had in my entire life, and they were not even that expensive. They were they were in France, and we got them from a market, and they so were you're like, I don't even know how much I paid for them. It was in euros. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the exchange rate? I don't remember. I, I swear they were like normal price. It was like three bucks yeah. equivalent or three euro for the carton, and they were so good. And I've never found strawberries in the states that taste like that. <laughs> so but they, there's no way I'm paying six bucks per strawberry to find out you're if, not if do these it? are that level. I'd be willing to do it once. I would also be very willing to do like a blind taste test and be like, all right, Kate, blindfold me, spin them around, get got the regular yeah. strawberry, got the fancy strawberry. I want to let you know which one I think is the most expensive one. But we've never gotten those cotton candy grapes. But Joel, you may not be paying for them. I might be willing to give it a try. Uh, something that we will all be paying a bit more for these days is going to be eggs. Last week, we talked about how inflation has driven the cost of groceries up by 10% year over year. And to make matters worse, the avian flu, it's spreading like Omicron did uh, over Christmas. Mm -hmm. It is driving up egg prices in a big way. The cost of a dozen eggs has more than tripled since November. And according to the USDA, it it looks like many more chicken farms will be impacted. We're only like a couple months into this. Uh, And the last time there was an avian flu, it lasted like five or six months. So I think we might be seeing more price impacts to to come. Obviously, this sucks, of course, but eggs, man, like they're still the most, like one of the most affordable proteins in most like just nutritious all around foods uh, that you can buy. And so this, this kind of might be one of those grin and bear situations where it's like, well, like what else can you buy that is that affordable that can give you that much nutrition? We're all about trading off the grocery store, going to a store brand instead of a name brand. Those are, there are lots of ways to save at the grocery store, but cutting eggs out of your diet isn't necessarily a great thing. I mean, you know, if you like eggs and if they're a, a 
part of your balanced diet. You know, they're a big part of your protein intake. What are you going to switch to? Steak? No, that stuff's way more expensive. Come on. So it's got the omega threes in there. It's got the protein. That's right. There's other stuff too. Yeah. Yolk. <laughs> so stick to the eggs. They're uh, even though they're more expensive. By the way, did y'all Easter was recently? Uh, did y'all get any Cadbury cream eggs? Uh, yeah, I love those things. Do you really? Oh I man, do. those things are so polarizing. Uh, we had a recent. <laughs> People love them or hate them. You, true. you love them or hate them. I even remember as a kid seeing them on TV because like I remember the commercials in the late '80s, early '90s. And they had the, the different animals trying out to be the new Cadbury bunny. <laughs> right. remember, I remember like the lion wearing, oh, yeah. re- wearing the bunny ears and like roaring or whatever. And that totally sold me on. I was like, Mom, we got to get these Cadbury eggs. And she got them. And I was like, oh, I don't like these. <laughs> these are terrible. And it's funny because our kids were the exact same way. They're all excited about them and they bit into them and they're just like, Ugh. <laughs> I've always liked them. It's just like gooey and gross. They're kind of weird, but I still like them. Very polarizing. Yeah, they are. All right. Well, let's keep moving on, Matt. Let's uh, talk about credit card Let's. debt because we can't we can't seem to catch a break on prices right it, it, it feels like uh, inflation is running rampant and it is impacting every single one of our lives at least in in one form or fashion one way or another and one terrible trend that we hate seeing is folks pulling out their credit cards again in order to deal with those rising prices we saw a dip people were paying off their credit card debt during much of the past two years and now that trend has or at least for half itself. of it. yeah, yeah. yeah like basically the first year like from uh, spring of 2020 to spring of 2021 we saw a decline because folks are like what's going on in the world I want to make sure I'm, I'm prepared I want to make sure I'm in a good financial position but it was a U curve essentially if you look at it uh, it's starting to curve back up a little bit yeah pretty and significantly actually that is not a good trend a recent survey from LendingTree shows that Americans are pulling out their credit cards in a significant way mostly to deal with inflation and we know that prices are a pain uh, the average American has had to come up with something close to $300 a month more compared to the same time last year just to cope with rising prices. We're talking fuel, we're talking rent, you know, we're talking groceries. And uh, yeah, so uh, according to data from the Federal Reserve, like you said, Matt, it's been a U and we are back to pre-pandemic levels mm-hmm. of credit card debt, which, which as um, personal finance nerds, that is just disconcerting. We hate seeing that. And so yeah, rising prices can be tough, but going into credit card debt is a bad move, especially since we're in an environment of rising rates, it's more important to be looking for ways to grow your income and cutting back on expenses. That's necessary because avoiding credit card debt is is important to your financial future, especially as rates are going to continue taking up. You're going to be paying more in interest on that credit card debt if you keep racking it up. That's right. Yeah. One of the ways that folks are cutting back is by eliminating subscriptions that they no longer want to pay for. Netflix stock. <laughs> it sank like a rock this week on the news that they are losing subscribers. They've already lost 200,000 folks and they expect to lose 2 million more this quarter alone. That's insane. <laughs> we are uh, living in the golden age of streaming and that means that Netflix is not as relevant or necessary as they used to be. There's a lot more competition. It's fierce uh, in the streaming space. We're no longer cooped up you know, because of lockdowns and Netflix is feeling the heat. Yeah, we don't have to watch your Tiger King anymore, Netflix. <laughs> exactly. It's like nobody, nobody's willing to put up with that crappy, uh, that crappy content. <laughs> I didn't want to watch it anyway, but I felt forced to because I had nothing else to do. <laughs> it's like I've got all this time on my hands. <laughs> Actually, there's a new CNBC survey and uh, it showed that more than one third of Americans Americans are looking to trim recurring subscriptions as inflation continues to soar. Because, yeah, as streaming services abound, the monthly cost for folks who want to watch all the different stuff that's out there, it is quickly approaching the levels of a traditional old school cable bill. It's gotten completely out of hand and folks are looking to make some changes. That's right. And so in a move to be helpful, there was an article this week in Consumer Reports and they detailed how to pick the right streaming services to ensure that your bill 
isn't up in that cable level range and it's more in like that 20 to 25 dollar a month range and you want to hear what they suggested matt let's hear it okay so they said <laughs> paramount plus tell me <laughs> which costs 50 bucks a year is one that you should go go with okay uh, the disney plus package that includes hulu and espn plus down with that is another one i think it's 14 bucks a month and so here's the thing though we all like to watch different stuff. So, yeah, so I didn't I like, really I, like, I like the recommendations. I like the second option, maybe yeah. not the Paramount Plus, though. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what's on that? I don't know. <laughs> How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, maybe? <laughs> it's like Which, some 90s or 2000s rom-coms. I, I know you like to watch that one on repeat. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we all have different tastes. And, and I, I think it's actually better than saying, here are the two or three you should subscribe to. Just subscribing and unsubscribing based on the shows that you just can't miss. So, for instance, we're signed up for Apple TV right now uh, t- for just a month. In order to watch Pachinko and Macbeth, the uh, the Denzel Washington version, which is delightful, mm-hmm. uh, but then we're going to ditch it. Don't forget to set a calendar reminder to actually cancel when you sign up for stuff so that you're not paying in perpetuity. That's right. Um, and also, it's important to mention not to forget about the free streaming platforms. I'll name a bunch here real quick. Crackle, Roku, Canopy, Peacock. There are more than that too there, so there's like yeah there are, there are a ton more <laughs> yeah so it's important i would say be loyal to your dollars not to netflix or to any streaming service and by the way matt you remember we talked about individual stocks uh recently and people it, netflix is one of those stocks i think people love to own because they're like this is something i use all the time of course like i want to buy a I name wanna, that i know use and love to invest in something i know exactly Exa- yeah. and if this week isn't a reflection of well, we talked about the perils of individual stock investing. I don't know what is because, yeah, if you owned Netflix stock, if you bought it even a couple of years ago, and now you're like, I have lost money over the past couple of years owning this stock. It is, um, and, and how quickly you can lose money 35% in a single day. It's not for the faint of heart. Yeah, it's a total crap shoot. Joe, let's keep moving. It is Friday, but hopefully you filed your taxes on Monday. Or if you didn't file your taxes, maybe, or hopefully you filed an extension. Hopefully. Because so if <laughs> so not, uh, you're going to get hit with a penalty and, and penalized significantly. But we wanted to mention a quick story from the Washington Post. And basically, they found that certain uh, tax software uh, providers, so like TurboTax, HR Block, they had this option that you could click basically where you would waive the protection that you have over the information in your tax return. So basically, the way that the federal law works, all your numbers on your tax return uh, cannot be information that they harvest. But by clicking this box as you are you know, doing your taxes, as you're getting ready to submit, uh, it says, hey, if you click this box and, and you waive that protection, we will be able to provide you with better services, customized products. But hopefully that is not something that you did because what you're going to start seeing is eerily specific products <laughs> that has to do directly with the numbers that you entered into your tax return. Uh, if that's something that you already did, there are ways to undo that. Uh, but obviously, they're not going to make it easy. You have to email them directly and ask to undo that option, uh, we will link to that Washington Post story where they detail uh, how you can go about doing that if you happen to have filed with one of these companies. Yeah. And I feel like I am only becoming more and more disenchanted with the biggest of the tax filing software programs because they don't want you to file for free. Um, They actually are actively trying to get you to pay as much as they possibly can. And now they're trying to grab your data in order to sell you a bunch more stuff too. So I would tell people avoid these guys like the plague. Yeah. Initially they're kind of doing like the car dealership model where they're just like, (laughs) 
<laughs> trying to get you in the door, then, oh, don't you want to add this trim level? And yeah. then, you know, they're kind of like getting you to, to, to kind of ratchet up the total bill. But now... Especially by saying it's free, even though most people didn't qualify yeah, for the free. Exactly. But now they're kind of following the Facebook model as well, where they're harvesting all that information uh-huh. and they're using that against you. Yep. Yeah, I hate seeing that. It's dirty, but it's something to be aware of. Uh, let's talk about travel for a second, Matt, because uh, airfare prices are on the rise. And I think the number was that the cost of airfare is 10.7% higher this month than it was last month. That's literally month over month, which is incredible. Spring and summer travel are going to be lit, as the kids say, but uh, but also more costly. (laughs) Can I say it like that? Is that... As we say. As we say. We say that sometimes. We're older than the people who actually use that language. But <laughs> Kayak actually says that uh, domestic trips are going to cost 28% more on average than they did in 2019. So those domestic trips getting way more expensive. But here's the here's the interesting thing. International trips are only 6% That's more right. expensive than a couple of years ago. And with 85% of Americans planning to travel this summer, I feel like we got to talk more about travel, don't we? Yes, we do. Uh, and the the court decision to overturn mask mandates on airplanes that led to basically every airline ditching those mask rules immediately. <laughs> Instantaneously, to, yeah. <laughs> to the great relief of flight attendants everywhere who were tasked with enforcing those rules. But because there has to be a cute name for everything these days, some folks are calling this travel resurgence revenge travel, <laughs> which kind of sounds like nasty. Why are you so angry? <laughs> There's no need. Yeah. Who's the revenge against? I guess it's against COVID. Uh, yeah. How about have just have funsies again? <laughs> travel. Uh, but folks, they're making up for this lost time. They're booking flights, they're booking cars, hotel rooms, despite the increased costs. But that doesn't mean that you can't find cheap flights uh, or go on an awesome vacation. Cheap flight deals are still out there. And find out why and how it is that you can book one when we talk with cheap flight expert Scott Kyes. He says that we're awash in cheap flights right now. And we'll actually dig into the details uh, and talk more about travel this coming Monday. That's right. Scott is a cheap flight guru. Can't wait to he get knows what's up, man. more information. If you're itching to book a trip in the near future and you want to find out how to do it for as little money as possible, this is the episode you need to check out. It's coming uh, into your podcatcher on Monday. So, uh, Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. We hope everyone has a great weekend. Don't forget to sign up for our email newsletter. And remember, five lucky folks who sign up before Monday at midnight are going to get uh, some awesome books. Some awesome books, exactly. We'll <laughs> send them directly to your mailbox. So, And we hope that the How to Money newsletter uh, is brings helpful financial information into your inbox. That's we the goal. It, it brings joy to your life. <laughs> and a smile. And to your money. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to be it. Joel, until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello! Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.